about to talk about game of thrones Whew, you guys excuse me i'm not feeling well somebody gave me a cold and i'm not happy about it but um disclaimer all of these uh, opinions are mine i didn't thought about all this wrote it down i even got my notes uh my listen to some podcasts talk to some people read some things you know now i think i'm a game of thrones expert so i'm gonna take my hand at this game of thrones go and tell you what i think if you don't like it you don't like it uh hit me at nsuotrocks at gmail.com and tell me what your uh, opinion is about this thing that I'm about to get into. So this is my Game of Thrones episode. Um, it's not an official episode. Um, it's not sanctioned by Game of Thrones or HBO. It's just my opinion. And again, I might curse. I might not. Who knows? I just know that I don't feel well right now. So I'm going to try to give my best, do some editing, and then hook it up with some special effects if I can with some more Game of Thrones music. Here we go. means master of ceremony. Some people who MC don't know what this term means. Welcome to Meet, Comma, Straight Up, or On The Rock, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? How do you like your life? I'm your host, Daydream, also known as David. Starks. Got my Game of Thrones notes ready. Hope you ready. Been kind of sick all week, so I got to get this episode off before this Sunday. Hopefully I can be back up after this episode with my commentary. I figure I've seen a whole bunch of ideas out there swimming, listening to a bunch of ideas in the pool. I jump right on in and throw my ideas in. Hopefully you're excited like I am and ready to roll. Music gets you all excited. Woo! All right, so after we get past the opening scene, we come down to the part where uh, where Danny is kind of weeping over the uh, the father figure of her life where you know he loved her but um she didn't love him back the way he loved her so he became like in the friend zone he wasn't coming out that shit either quick disclaimer by the way um these opinions are excuse me all mine 
anybody that's written in this, don't sue me. It's just my opinion, just how I feel about the episodes, um, how I feel about conversations I've had with people and uh, conversations about, you know, my my thoughts with my wife back and forth, uh, listening to different podcasts. I'm, I'm thinking that, like I said, this episode starts with Danny, you know, um, kind of just leaning over Momont, uh, Sajura, and, and is uh, weeping, you know, which was pretty big because he loved her um, and she loved him and he went through hell just to get back to her. So uh, it was it was a beautiful scene to me. I think she whispered, I love you. You know, a lot of people are speculating as to what she might have said to him. I think she said, I love you. Um, maybe maybe Bran will, will tell us what she said one day. Um, so, but it was a very powerful opening scene after all the, the, the madness that happened in the previous episode. Um, and then after that, of course, um, you get the episode or the part with Sansa, who's, uh, weeping over my man, Reek, um, uh, mama named him Reek. I'm gonna call him Reek, my man, Reek. Um, and then, uh, she gives him the medallion for the house Stark, which, you know, kind of says, you know, Hey bro, you home, you know, you always been my brother. You know, it's all good. You know, thank you for everything you've done, which is a full circle. You know, he started out like a jerk and then, you know, became better. Um, So he went through trials and tribulations also. Um, And again, I see the symbolism and it's all good, you know, and then and then John steps up and uh, gives this real, real like banging ass eulogy. And it was just crazy. Like. And I was looking at these dead bodies like, that's it? Like, there were so many other dead bodies there. Like, okay, if that's all y'all got. Maybe the dragons took care of the other ones. I don't know. But this eulogy by John was just like, word, John, do your thing, bro. And the cinematography and the music and all that stuff was really good to me. I, I really appreciated the beginning of this episode. I mean, they rushed. We're here to say goodbye to our brothers and sisters, to our fathers and mothers. I'm gonna let John do his thing. To our friends, our fellow men and women who set aside their differences to fight together and die together so that others might live. Everyone in this world owes them a debt that can never be repaid. It is our duty and our honor to keep them alive in memory for those who come after us and those who come after them. For as long as men draw breath, they were the shields that guarded the realms of men. And we shall never see their light again. I mean, John came a long way. Like, really, that that, that speech was, like, touching. Like, to see this episode, I was like, go ahead, John. Um, You know, they lit all these bodies on fire. I was like, wow. John just, you know, he was lit. But uh, what really got me in that first part was as they panned over to Danny. Her outfit finally looked like she was in a fight. That joint is charcoal black gray. Like, 
Like, that was one of her best outfits. Like, that joint was banging. When I first seen her at that Dragonstone in that outfit, I was like, yo, that is crisp white. Look at it just flying. The feathers in the joint just flying. Now it's all charcoal gray. So I was like, yes, now somebody paying attention to detail in this bad boy because I don't know how she escaped. Like, Dragonstone was closed for how long? Stannis Baratheon was gone for how long? And then she gets up in there. She got this banging-ass white outfit on, and ain't nothing happened to it. Come on, man. Either that or the people that clean her clothes, it's like for real. But she don't believe in slaves. So I don't know. Either her washing game is on point or whatever. But when I finally realized that her outfit was the same outfit that was crisp white and this one was just straight up charcoal gray, I was like, or black, I was like, yes, finally. It looks like she was in a fight. I guess she had to jump off that damn dragon um, and get down into it with a sword to uh, get, her, get, get some uh, dirt on her shoulders, if you will. Um, that's that Jay-Z reference. So, I mean, she looked like, you know, she was really sad, but, you know, we'll see as we get later on to the episode that she was more of a, um, I think this was the beginning of the madness um, when she started to realize everybody wasn't around her. So, uh, to me, this was one of the best opening scenes of, of Game of Thrones so far. Um, it was, you know, everybody had been through this terrible war and it was sad nothing but sadness um and they they made you feel this type of sadness um and then after all the pain you know the dead bodies just burning they give you this feast where everybody's just hanging out and talking and of course um you know my man Clegane steps up and drops the twat and I was like he does this at the best times in every show and and it was perfect when he said it to Gendrick. Like, Gendrick was looking for some ass. He was looking for that Arya ass. And Clegane was like, is that all you're looking for, twat? It was awesome. Um, and it brought me back to, like, laughter, even though that last episode was, you know, a bit much. So let's check it out. You can still smell the burning bodies, and that's where your head is at. I just want to thank her. For I'm sure you do. Look, it's not about that. Of course, it's about that, you twat. Why Got him. Hit him with it. <laughs> it's not about that. Of course, it is, you twat. <laughs> Clegane held no bars. He gave everybody 100%. So uh, if he dies at the end, it's going to be pretty sad. I'm going to mourn him if he goes because he, he was my man. Um, I like watching him in this. Uh, and then and then my homegirl, you know, at the time, this is where Danny lost me. Like, she was my girl until she pulled a stupid-ass move, like uh, flexing her power over the whole room. You know, as she looked around and noticed what everybody was doing, she just straight up pulled out the fact that Gendrick was Robert Baratheon's bastard. Um, and then she naturalized him. Like, he didn't have to go through customs. He didn't have to learn the culture. He didn't have to do nothing. She just straight up said, you are uh, the Lord of Storm's End now, you know. And he was all excited, of course. Everybody else in the room was shook. Like, whoa, what just happened? And then Sansa was like, bitch, we ain't even, you know, really through this damn war yet. And you start flexing your power as a queen, you know. So this scene kind of set up, you know, a lot. Sansa was really pissed off about that move and I was excited because um, I, I think that's where it really shifted for me that 
you know, I was a fan of Danny because I was able to watch her grow up and all this, the rape and everything that she had been through and how she got became a better person. You know, she was the breaker of tra- chains and, you know, she was killing people at Slaver's Bay and freeing people and stuff. And, and you know, now you start to see her ego start to peek through and now you start to see Sansa go, wait up. I'm, 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 I'm that bitch too. You know, I've been through a lot too and I care about my people um, and you're on foreign land. So she was pissed about the move um, and you could tell in the way she looked at Tyrion, you know, cause Tyrion um, kind of leaned over to Danny and Danny was like, um, you know, I, I'm also clever, <clears throat> which honestly you're not. Cause that was a stupid move. If you ask me, you made more enemies with that move than anything. Um, and then, and then of course, you know, right after that, they show my man, Jamie going into his creeper, his creeper move. Um, you know, he went and started pouring wine. And of course, Tyrion's got the game going because, you know, Tyrion wine and games is the way it happens and everybody having a good time. Um, and then, you know, of course, Jamie's pouring in Brienne of Tal. He's, he's pouring her cup up, trying to get her happy and all soaked up and laughing and, you know, having a good time um, so that he can have sex with her, take her virginity and then leave her two days later. Of course, that's, you know, that Jamie Lannister creeper. A move right there that he pulled on Brienne, and um, you know, to me, Brienne was hard as hell. You know, she took nothing from nobody. She fought everybody, and then all of a sudden, Jamie gave her some dick and weakened her, and that's what messed her up. And I was, you know, I can understand feminists that are on that extreme side. You know, if a man is not where a woman is, <clears throat> I can understand them saying, "Hey, we're not leveling up together." But you know, Jamie pulled a creeper move and, and you know got her drunk, and then got the panties, and then all of a sudden. You know, she's doing whatever. She's crying in her robe two nights later, begging him not to go back to sister and die, which is really jacked up. But um, the man who stole this scene, if you ask me, the dinner scene was Lord Varys. Um, and I'm I'm a Lord Varys fan. I've always been a Lord Varys fan. So when I look at it, um, he, he, he caught the Mad Queen looking around, getting jealous at, you know, at the table. Everybody's having a great time. And then all of a sudden she realized that she was surrounded by people that celebrated John and not her jealousy started to sink in you know um and she used gendrick to get it set off and as everybody's having a great time she just notices wait people used to celebrate me like that and then she starts to look around and notice i'm in this room by my damn self you know i got a lannister next to me his brother lannister is here like she all of a sudden figures she's surrounded by her her enemies that jealousy started to creep in that ego started to creep in you know and she, she, as she get up from the table, my man, Lord Varys, looks at her like, all right, queen. You know, he bows to her, but he's the only one in the room. You know, he bows head down to her. All right, peace. I, I see you about to leave. Do your thing. And nobody else is acknowledging her. You know, everybody's talking about John, how he got stabbed and he came back to life. They celebrating, drinking, they, you know, whatever beers and all that other stuff they drinking. And she walk out the room without acknowledgement. You know, she was hot about that moment. You could see it all in her face. So, you know, I, I understand how she went mad. You know, I, I understand the perspective. You know, all her people, half her people died in, in all of the conflict when she came to protect John and his people. And now they treat her like, you know, a wet food stamp. Like my man Biz Markey would say, you treat me like a wet food stamp. Um, so back to my man Gendrick real quick. Uh, of course, after Clegane called him a twat, he gets up from the table a little excited and decide he wants to run around looking for uh, Arya. You know, he must have got that uh, 
she she fucked you, bro. She pulled you to the side and, and made you drop your pants and took you, you know, um, not the other way. You know, once once he got his newfound fame, he thought he was like superhero happy, you know, um, and, and he was ready to propose in the whole nine. Told her, you know, be my lady. And, and you know, I give props to Aria because she was like, no. And she didn't do it like, no, get out my face. You know, she she kind of just told him, you know, hopefully somebody will make you happy. But that's not my role. You know, he, he spent a lot of time loving her. And that's the sad part about it, uh, because he loved her since I, I believe he first met her because he told her, I know you're a girl way back when. Um, and and but he also said to her, you know, you highborn, you know, my lady and all this other stuff. So he never felt. And that's my perspective again. So if you don't like it, you can email me. If you like it, you can email me. N-S-U-O-T-Rocks at gmail.com. But um, it's my perspective that when he first met her, he loved her. Uh, he just felt, you know, he couldn't tell her. Um, and now that somebody came along and naturalized his citizenship, <laughs> you are now Gendrick Baratheon of the Storm's End. All of a sudden, he's like, yeah, you could be my lady. Come be my lady. And um, it didn't work out that way. Because um, Arya is a stone cold killer, bro. Um, you should recognize that when she told you to drop your draws. Um, she took what she wanted. You know, you slept like a baby and she was up thinking about the next day. So um, at that point, you should have realized, you know, she's a stone cold killer and you wasn't going to marry her. You know, killers don't get married. So, you know, that's who she's always been all the way back when Ned, you know, put a sword in her hand and she was dancing around with, with death back then, you know. Her dancing teacher was, you know, was was from, you know, death, basically. Uh, she was dancing around back then. And, and Ned recognized it when she was getting her sword play and she was getting better. Uh, so right on up to now where, she, you know, you asking her to marry her, marry you uh, and be your lady. She's like, no, nah, I'm too much. You know, I'm too I'm too raw for that. So um, so where Brienne of Ta went or Ta, however it said, um, fell for Jamie's tricks Um Aria was like, nah, bro, this, you know, this is me. This is who I am. So, and I respect that. Um, so <clears throat> Jamie's, Jamie's creep move though, didn't really start until after he left the table, like until he walked away from the table, he followed Brienne back to her room. Right. And, um, he, he caught her in her room when she said she was going to the bathroom. She was trying to bounce to be real. Uh, he ran up on her. And, and knocked on her door and brought the drinks in and was like, I recognize you didn't drink. Come on, man, you're creeping. You know, you're creeping on her. You're about to get her drunk and, and do all kinds of things to her. Some old college bullshit. So he get her in the room, you know, in her room, she let him in. Um, and then, of course, he pouring drinks, trying to get her to drink it up, drink it up. And then he headbutts her. Or I think it's a headbutt. After, you know, it's like a kiss. I guess you, most people would call it a kiss. But he grabbed the back of her head and rammed it into his front face. I don't know how they made it through that scene. If you watch it again, it seemed like it was so hard. I thought he had blasted her front teeth in the way he headbutted her. Like, she's even taller than him. So, he might have even broken his nose. I was like, damn, I was ready to go. I was ready to scream sexual assault for her. That that was a hard, I've never seen a kiss that hard before. Um, and that, that tripped me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then, you know, after that, of course, they had sex. She had to help his one-handed butt take off his outfit. And then she took off her outfit. Uh, and this is where you could tell Game of, Game, of, uh, Game of Thrones matured because they didn't really show the sex scene. They didn't show her body. 
um, and all the other stuff. So in the beginning, you know, they was out for the ratings, so they were showing all kinds of TNA. Um, and then we get back to um, another scene where, or after that, where you see uh, Danny and her nephew. Hi, auntie. Hi, auntie. Um, you know, they're in the room, and uh, they kissing. You know, part of me is like, uh, and then the other part is like, I mean, that's what y'all did. And then John pulls back, and then I was like, uh, all over again, because he was like, uh, I ain't feeling this. Uh, Ned Stark taught me better than this. He taught me this was wrong, and this is how y'all go mad. Um, but she, you know, was dejected, you know. But then again, I, you know, as as the scene plays on, she's begging him to not, you know, tell a secret because it'll mess up the claim to the throne. And again, another, you know, instance where she cares more about the throne. Um, and he's like, you know, I got to tell them they're my family. I can't. And she's like, swear him to secrecy and, and, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, I love you. Well, not really. He's like, you know, I'm my queen. I pledge my allegiance to you and all this other stuff. None of that matters, but it mattered to her. And that's, you know, a big difference with men and women, I guess, especially in this scene, because if you watch this episode in this scene, you know, no matter what she said, John was going to tell because John could not tell Cersei that he had pledged his allegiance to Daenerys that told you everything you needed to know for this scene. So when this scene happened and she's begging him like another strong woman who fought through a whole lot, who fell in love with the D now all of a sudden she's strung out and she's begging him, which really wasn't for the D it was more for the throne, like her aim for the throne. So I could understand John when I look at it from that perspective, because it's not really for me. You know, you want me to lie to my people, go against my integrity because you want to be the queen and you want to be this. And I'd be living a lie. So, you know, he, he wasn't feeling that. Um, so, of course, you know, right after this, he went and he told his sisters or he actually had Bran tell him. Um, and, you know, he he tried to be secretive about it, but he had to tell somebody. So when he tells he tells the sisters or Bran tells the sisters, he tried to swear them to secrecy before. Um, but of course, you know, Sansa um, was once, what do you call it? Uh, framed as the smartest person I know by Arya. So John knew what the hell he was doing when he went and told them. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, Sansa knew she was going to use that information uh, because of all the lessons she learned from Littlefinger which was awesome. You know, again, it's a lot of play. It's throwing you around in so many different directions that you really don't know how the next two episodes are going to shape up. And this is the mark of really good TV. You know, some of it is lame, but there's the, the underlying stuff that if you follow the TV series all the way through, uh, you kind of get caught up in the politics. This is the game of Thrones, right? The, um, you know, the, the which is why I can understand how they dispatched the Night King so fast, even though it was a, a myth. You know, it's kind of like you're fearful of something. And then all of a sudden it was really easy to take care of at the end. And a lot of people hated it. But honestly, the Game of Thrones is about the throne. So the Mad King would have never survived through it all anyways, if you think about it, because it wasn't about him and the, the army of the whites or whatever. It was more about the game of thrones. So this episode was all about those little intimate um, meetings of the minds and conversations with everyone. And that was why it was so you know exciting from beginning that powerful beginning of saying goodbye to people you love right on into, you know, where they're planning a war strategy 
and they're having this meeting um, and Danny just straight up just goes, you know, we're going to rip them out root and stem. And Sansa's like, she crazy. And if you pay attention, you'll see like Varys over to the side, like what, 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 what? We're not doing any of that because I'm here for the realm. You know, he didn't say anything, but you could see him in his face, you know, kind of moving his body language as he's moving. You could see Sansa looking at her, knowing she's a better leader. Like, whoa, you know, what do you mean we're going to rip him out root and stem? And of course, you know, Lord Varys has seen a lot of uh, tyrants before. So he, he, especially her father. So he's, you know, he understands what's going on with Danny. Um, and he noticed, I think at this point is where he, uh, he decided to send his little spiders off to set the ambush up with Danny. And then when they went back to Dragonstone, it happened later on in the episode. I think Varys set that off, uh, even though he was in the ships um, that were attacked also. But I think that first scene where it shows he's the one that survived first and then everybody else is coming on the shore. And then you see a gray worm looking for Masande. Um, I, I think that scene sets you up for the fact that Varys is like the player in the entire thing. I was talking to somebody earlier about the books and they were telling me that that's exactly what it is in the books, except Varys never left uh, King's Landing. Uh, but he was the one that played all the kings and queens. And so he's like the chess master or whatever, uh, because he's outlived them all. He only cares about the realm. But anyways, um, so, of course, Danny's flipping out, you know, talking about she don't care. She doesn't have a lot of men left to fight. Um, and then Sansa's, you know, trying to give her some advice, like, you know, chill out for a minute. You know, we just got finished with this this great war. Let's let's kick back. Let everybody heal. You know, let's cook up some vittles. You know, drink some some of this moose beer or whatever it is, and of course the Mad King's like no, and uh and John stands up for his boo, like yo boo hold up I'm a I'm a I'm we pledge the North to you so if you decide you want to march we marching, so of course Sansa and Arya's like yo hold up, hold up you know meeting adjourned Arya runs right up to John like yo we need to talk, we gotta talk, and then you know of course that's what John. Um, Took him right on over to to Brandon. You know, they had the secret conversation. Um, and that that was, you know, pivotal for me because, you know, when Bran gave him the information, John, I think John was just being honest and he knew what was going to happen, which is why he rode the horse uh, to Winterfell, even though that was a plan. He didn't fight the plan. He rode the horse to Winterfell and Danny rode the dragon. Um, they went they, separate ways, kind of cinematography type of thing. Uh, and then my man popped up, Sir Bron of the Blackwater, just popped up um, and then popped Tyrion right in his nose like, shut up, bro. I don't think you'll be quiet until you dead. I was like, yo, that's my man. Um, but it was kind of surprising because of all the things that him and Tyrion had been through. And I guess that's why he never killed Tyrion. Um, I wish he would have killed Jamie, But, you know, whatever. Maybe we need Jamie's face to kill Cersei later on. You know, Arya might be able to do that. But again, um, I wish he would have killed Jamie at that moment after he did with my girl, Brienne, um, which happened the next day. But either way, um, Winterfell security sucks, by the way. Winterfell security sucks. I mean, Arya was able to get in. Um, my man Reek was able to take over and kill everybody. And Sir Bronn of the Blackwater is able to pop up, right, out of nowhere. You know, we up here, we drinking our wine, and this dude pops up. And even Tyrion was like, whoa. Well, where's your wine? Like, you must have been invited. Where's your wine, right? Uh, and, of course, I was happy when, you know, even after he hit Tyrion, he was still selling out Cersei. 
Zebron still sold out Cersei for money because that's what sellswords do. Um, you know, and, and really, uh, Tyrion introduced Zebron to all this. So it was interesting to see him hit Tyrion um, in that case. And it was also interesting for Tyrion to still try to rope him back in, you know, by promising Highgarden and all this stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens with Bron as that unfolds. But that's my man. He's funny. Um, his song when he was in Dorne. All the singing he did when he was in Dorne, he was, he was in Dorne's jail cell. That was funny to me. I was cracking up. Um, I'll never forget that. So, um, but but this game that they play, um, I think Sansa really showed. You know, this episode is where she she starts to make her moves. Whereas before, it was like more defense on the chessboard, just trying to see what things are. Um, and then she got some currency that she could move. You know, John gave her some currency when he went and told her about his secret. Um, so of course she went and tells Tyrion knowing full well, knowing Tyrion's going to tell Varys. And, you know, I, I, I believe that she knew what she was doing when she did that. So we'll see how that unfolds. And, uh, of course, once Varys gets it, it ain't a secret no more. You know, he's the master of whispers. Uh, there's a few episodes back, a few seasons back, where Tyrion and, and uh, Cersei are talking um, after the Battle of Blackwater Bay, um, and Tyrion's in the room, and his face is all cut up, and Cersei comes to see him, and he says to her, you know, how did you know um, about whatever, whatever? And uh, she says, because the Master of Whispers and myself, we have an agreement. And she kind of laughed it off or played it off like it was nothing. Way back then, I was like, oh, shit, her and, her and Varys got something going. Um, so I think that's, that's, you know, why I connected Varys towards the ambush. Cause I don't know how the fuck they knew that they were going back to Dragonstone other than there was a fucking spy in the room and the only spy in the fucking room is Varys. So one plus one is two. A duck is a duck is a duck. A tree is a tree, a river is a river. Uh, he's the snake in the room. And when she says she was going to go and just rip him out root and stem and you could see his demonstrative expressions like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I, at that moment, I think he made his mind up that he his allegiance, like he said, is to the realm. And he's just going to go and set this shit off and get her killed right now. Um, even though he didn't get the information about John until they were on the boat. I still think that at that moment, he made his mind up that she had to go and somebody else would be better than her at that moment because he believed in her until she started saying that. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so uh, back to. Um, back to uh, Sansa and how she plays this game because she used that information to divide the, the advisors. She knew that Tyrion was going to go and tell um, uh, Varys. So she knew that that was going to make them not want to trust Danny, you know, and they didn't want to be around Danny. And of course the next couple, you know, shots was of them discussing what Tyrion called treason. This is treason. You know, we're having this treasonous talk. Um, and this is on the ship, you know, before they get attacked. And um, he's, you know, basically saying, and, and this is also in a room, um, you know, they, this conversation happened over a couple of different times. But here they are having this treasonous talk in a room and this room could echo. Anybody could hear it. Right. And then they're all together on the ship. And, you know, he's Tyrion is telling Varys the secret, you know, that about um, John. Um, and of course, John is now better. So I think Tyrion knew what he was doing also. Because um, uh, Sansa also told Tyrion, you're scared of her. 
and uh, Tyrion's next words were a little fear is always a good thing, like whatever. Um, but he immediately went to Varys with this information because he was fearful of Daenerys. And I think he had, you know, had already been filled up also that she wasn't going to be a good person. But now that they have a better option, you know, I thought that they might have dispatched some plans after they got ambushed. But we'll see again. Um, and then, of course, my man, Sam, you know, we go back to my man, Sam, getting ready to leave with his boo with another baby in the belly. Um, like how many people died because of Sam? I'm going to just say that. So, you know, right? bye, Sam, you know, go, go live happily ever after as a maester somewhere else with you and your boo and your boo's um, brother, baby, brother, son, or whatever you call it, Sam, the first Sam. Um, and we'll figure how that spins off if HBO decides to spin that off. So um, it, it's, it's frightening to think that, you know, Sam tried to stand up so many times and against a lot of people's advice, sit your ass down, Sam. Go be down in the dungeon, Sam. Go over here, Sam. Uh, Sam, you can't fight. He's still talking about, I could fight, I could fight. And people dying over and over and over again because of Samuel Tarley. So goodbye, Sam. I'm happy. Um, I thought you had died, to be honest, when you was on the ground. And John made a, a G move. He was a grown man at that point. He looked at you over there crying on the ground, swinging back and forth with your uh, dragon glass. Uh, killing some some white walkers laying on the ground helpless kicking and flailing like a baby and he walked right past you i was like that's a grand, grown up move right there he was like yo you just got to fence for yourself sam and kept it moving uh, because he knew that brand was you know needed to be protected so uh, so my my question is though when i when i watched the episode over and over again at this section was um, how how in the hell does danny does does not see these these fucking ships like how do you not see a fleet of damn ships sitting there waiting on you with these giant ass black sails like you are close enough to the water for these ships to shoot these damn scorpions and kill your ass your dragons and you don't see them what the fuck are you thinking about mary poppins movies you think about a love story you think about that sex you and you and john just had or why he ain't fucking with you what are you thinking about that you don't see these you're on dragons you're flying around on dragons and you need to just, you're above the water, right? You're flying near your home, right? Dragonstone is surrounded by water. You need to see what's going on. How do you not see a fleet of like 18 ships, like just sitting there waiting on your dumb ass? Now, honestly, you got what you deserve to be real. So uh, I, I don't get that. that. That bothered me. That's one of those dumb moments I was talking about earlier that you kind of look at and like, yo, y'all rushing this shit. You know, you could have easily pushed this out to another five or six episodes, but y'all rushing to get this shit over with. Um, and, and that was just stupid. Like, it, it would have been nice to explain. And maybe you're going to wrap it up. You know, like I said, Lord Varys set all this shit off, the ambush and all the other shit after that meeting, because that's the only person who knew where the fuck y'all was going, unless Tyrion did it, right? Um, I mean, Tyrion's never gave you good advice, so all his advice has always been fucked up. Um, he could be working for his sister. Who knows? But y'all asses got ambushed. You still flying over the fucking sea, over the sea. I could see if it was one ship. It was a fleet or a flight or however you call it, a fleet of fucking ships. And you don't see them. You deserve to lose a fucking dragon at that moment. I mean, and that's a weakness, I guess, in the creativity. Like, how are we going to get rid of this dragon to try and make it a little even? Uh, we're just going to, uh, fly her around Dragonstone like she's in a fucking Harry Potter movie and, uh, 
the scorpion is going to shoot from the ship and kill the dragon. Yeah, let's do that. What the fuck were y'all thinking when y'all came up with this shit? Like, you really almost messed up the whole fucking episode with that dumb shit when you think about it. And then she screams going towards the ships. They shoot fucking um, scorpions again. She banks left or right or whatever and gets the fuck out of there. That's some old dumb shit, right? Like, you ain't a leader. Like, one, why you swing around to the other side of the ships and roast their asses? Because the scorpions are in the front. That's one, right? Two, why you ain't swing around to the end of the fucking ships and roast their asses because the scorpions is on the front of the fucking ships? That's two. Three, why you ain't swing around and roast their asses from the back of the ships because the scorpions, you get my point, right? That would have ended the Greyjoy's fleet right there, right? And then you flew off and left your whole team. Like they was damn, their boats got flatlined. They had to swim to shore. And then on top of that, they grabbed your homegirl, Masande. That's your fault, Daenerys. You got a fucking dragon. They got ships with scorpions that they got to keep reloading. You didn't even try. Didn't even try to swing back around and blow them bad boys up because you was trying to protect your one last dragon. I mean, come on. I would at least at least Theon like jumped off the ship, ran and then came back and got a sister. You know what I'm saying? You flew away, left everybody. That's your squad. That wasn't John and his squad. They was marching, you know, towards um, they was marching towards the capital, you know, and your ass was flying with with Grey Worm and your crew. And you left their ass because they, they killed one of your dragons. You got to be out your fucking mind. You could have roasted everybody at that moment right there and got rid of the Greyjoys. But no, you wanted to do some dumb shit and prove that you're not a good leader. Again, that's another thing. Like you might care about your people, but the way you ran and you got the most powerful weapon, that kind of, you know, that's suspects in me. So uh, and then and then because of that, poor Masande got to lose her head. Like I was. I was touched. I, I was touched, but I was also upset. I mean, she ain't deserved to lose her head. You know, uh, it's war, but you know, you got to lose your head if you get captured. I was, I was more upset that at a crucial part in the whole fucking show, she could have just grabbed Cersei and jumped off the fucking castle. And that would have been the end of the season. And I would have cheered and been like running around the house, screaming and hollering and jumping up and down. Like, it's the end of the season. She did every, what nobody else could do. And Masande didn't. She screamed out, Jakaris, you know, burn them all. Fire. So, of course, Daenerys going to turn around and run. And, oh, my God, it's time to go. We got to go. You know, Grey Worm had already been saying it. Other people had already been saying it. You know, that wasn't from King's Land. It had already been saying, yo, just kill everybody and take it. Right? Even the old lady from Highgarden was like, yo, be a dragon. You know, I've outlived all these clever, clever men before. Just be a dragon. Um, and she just couldn't do it and up until now. You know, her homegirl had to lose her head. You know, she lost Mr. Momont, her father. She lost half of her army. Um, you know, and these are people that she loved. It wasn't just her army. These are people that worship her, you know, and she lost them, like lost them. And not to forget two dragons. Of course, she's going to be mad. I understand that's why she's mad. I understand that's why she's going mad. But Cersei straight up just kind of got her. She played her. And now she's going to have her Daenerys look like she's the mad queen in history because she's sucking all these people into King's Landing. And then the only reason, the only way you're going to get to Cersei is to uh, burn them all up. 
and that's kind of what you know is set up to play i think cersei is gonna die in this next episode i hope cersei dies in this next episode don't get mad at me it's just a freaking tv show thank you for listening to neat comma straight up or on the rocks a podcast that asks you how do you like your life If you're looking to reach us or give us some comments, some positive or negative feedback, you can send that to N-S-U-O-T-Rocks at gmail.com. That's N-S-U-O-T-R-O-C-K-S at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We are also distributed on anchor.fm forward slash daydream the dj one word google podcast spotify breaker radio public podcast we are there reach out let us know what you think p <coughs> too much to drink